0: Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, Sports Bash presented by Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. When you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, Rocket can, Mike Gill, Hunter Brody. What's up, everybody? Sixers basketball coming up at the top of the hour today. Sixers and Wizards. We'll have that for you. Tomorrow, we got Flyers caps. Brian Elliott in between the pipes. Ah, there's some news. Yeah, yeah, he's going. He he was going to play one of the three, so. Got a double disco for the Phillies. Two seven-inning stints. How does that make you feel? I can't stand it. I know. At least they're back on the field, I mean. Yeah, we got to get more games played so you can get back into the flow of things.
1: I know, Seven days off, one day off, and they could have played yesterday.
0: Double disco at the old ballpark. Phills are wearing the home whites both games, even though. Their designated road team in game one today. Wheeler going game one. Nola. to Nola day. Let's hope so. Got to get a split with these two jokers on the mound. If you don't, pack it in and go Kapler style, baby. Your season's over. You get a 60 game, you lose twice with Nola on the mound? I could see it happening. That's what Why I'm bringing not? to the table today. Right. I've been on vacation for a while. It's all pent up. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Fitz has been in on the morning show. He'll be on... 7 to 9 right here on 97.3 ESPN. Spain and Fitz are back, and he's back here on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline with us on 97.3 ESPN. Fitz, what's up, pal? Man, I don't sound as happy
2: as you are. Good Lord. Like, you know, we're sitting in Connecticut up here. We got no power going on anywhere. Had all these storms ripped through the whole state, like 700,000 people right now out of power. We're all trying to figure out how to keep our cell phones charged, and you're coming in off of this vacation mode hot and ready to go yeah. i'm, I'm kind of jealous
0: by the way it's 95 degrees in the studio right now our power is not working the air conditioning portion of it the boards on all that stuff yeah no ac i'm talking 95 right now i'll take a picture and tweet it at you for proof it's never i've never been more anxious to go back like <laughs> you know today this
2: morning because of power outages that we weren't able to work remotely for the radio show so i had to go into campus first time i've been to campus since it shut down in March and they uh, they sent me a note and said hey they do a digital show on ESPN called Hoop Streams and because of the power outages one of the hosts can't do it and they said you want to come back to campus I've never been more excited I'm like my god yes like there's air
0: conditioning there and lights that work right yeah. absolutely so all right I- I'm interested in we got hockey on all day we got seating basketball we got baseball what is grabbing you right now Well, you know,
2: that's a great question. Um, I think I'm being grabbed by the NBA, obviously, because of some of the fight for the eight-seed. I find it to be interesting. I think that the NBA feels like anybody could turn around and really make a a run that that could have some last to it. So the NBA has got me excited. That being said, I think part of it's because if you've ever played any sort of club basketball or any sort of gym basketball at all, you're used to seeing an empty gym with a bunch of guys playing ball, right? Like, so – the funny thing is, as a hockey fan, it's actually been a little bit clunkier product to me to watch with, no, with nothing going on. I mean, so uh, the NHL, I think, in the end gives us the most unpredictability. As we all know, hot goalie gets you to Stanley Cup. But uh, right now, it's, it's definitely been the NBA that's grabbed me just because I'm sitting here trying to figure out, you know, who's going to get that eight seed if the, if the Grizz are going to melt down completely, and then if just any dynamic duo can get hot enough to win it all.
1: Yeah, I'll have to disagree on the hockey thing. I just can't turn it off my television. But with basketball, we've seen two 76ers games so far, and needless to say it's been underwhelming. I want to know your thoughts watching them play. You saw T.J. Warren drop 53 points. You've seen them allow 40-plus in the fourth quarter. Something is just not right. Yeah,
2: and, and, you know, I'd love to sit there and have everybody say, well, they're just getting their legs back under the quarantine. This just isn't good enough. I mean, the effort's not good enough. And, you know, frankly, you guys know how high I've been on the Bucks for a long time. I, I would put them in the same category. I mean, there are certain teams that are just coming out and just don't look like they're playing with the same level of energy as their opponents. And, I it, look, I, I said it with you guys before, and I'll echo the sentiment again. If the 76ers go out and just lay an egg in the entirety of this bubble, then you have to start looking around and wondering what to change where because you can't just keep running it back the same way and expecting something different. Like, there's got to be – some meteoric rise and I for one thought that they'd be able to come into the bubble and surprise you know that and uh, so far it just it's the frustrating part of it is it genuinely looks like lack of effort it's you know everybody wants to say tired legs plays a part in this you know we were sold a bill of goods that defense was going to come together faster for teams we're not seeing that at all in the bubble and it just feels like guys don't have their legs and you know then the level of, of you know how much level of care how much Give a darn? Do they have one way or the other?
0: All right. So Ben Simmons. It seems that he, you know, he hits the one three. He took two in one game, and it was oh, maybe he got. There he, was a breakthrough. He's been terrible in these two games. Would you rank him as maybe the most frustrating player in all of sports? Uh, not, frustrating is the word. I I would
2: actually, frankly, at this point, start thinking about using the word disappointing. And it's not because Ben Simmons hasn't had great moments it's because everybody looks at Ben Simmons and thinks the same thing. Like, why are we suddenly enamored with the young pieces across the board with other teams As part of it is because we've set the table so many times and every time Simmons comes to the table, he just doesn't get it done. So, you know, there's this level of how many times can we be Charlie Brown in this situation? I I don't think it's frustrating. I think it's flat-out disappointing because somebody that has the skill that he has, that we all know he has, to get so little out of it compared to what we expected, I think is just an absolute shame. And at some point, it's going to look squarely at Brett Brown's feet. I mean, you're going to look around and say, where's this thing going wrong? Because the right buttons are not being pushed.
1: I just think it's funny how expectations change literally everything. Obviously, he was drafted very high. Number one, the Prince, they caught him like LeBron James 2.0, that type of style play, which he does have. But when you look at his defense, and and just specifically how elite his defense can be, I know the last couple games it's been wonky, but his defense is clearly at the top of the league, and then you get someone like Matisse Thibault, who was drafted in the 20s, and everyone just rants and raves about how great his defense is, and it's just funny how someone like Ben Simmons, that would never be the conversation. Nobody gives him the praise about just the defense, but Matisse Thibault, they can rant and rave about it because of the difference in expectations heading into the league. You're not wrong about that, and that's no different than the way
2: we treat quarterbacks that are picked in the first round versus Dak Prescott picked in the fourth, right? Like, there's a different mindset on who you are when you come into the league. I, I don't disagree with, with some of that sentiment, but I think that the problem is, to, to your point, when we really talk about the great players, at some point it becomes to a fault for all of us in the media. It becomes just about wins and losses. And think about, you know, Russ is a great example of a player that has had an absolute dominant run and you can look at the the the, the stats to support it right but we don't really appreciate it because we continually find fault for why it won't win a championship I don't think that they'll truly appreciate Russ until 10 years after he's out of the league when people will start telling their kids oh no you don't understand I watched Russ play like I think that's a national progression so you're right you know there's a spot where if we want to talk about the best defensive players in the league sure we can have that all day but is that the the tip is that the full experience of what he's capable of? I don't think so. And and really what you're looking for when Ben Simmons and, and what you think about with that name is the same. You want to think of him the same way that every organization thinks about their guy. You want to think of him in the same breath as an AD and same breath as a Giannis and, you know, the same breath as a LeBron at some point. Yeah, those were all heaped on expectations, but it's because he's capable of being that. So the fact that he can take over a game defensively, but then you can also see a week where it seems like he forgot how to shoot or doesn't really care that much about shooting is really interesting to me. I think that's where I, when I say disappointing, you know, it's because not, not because of what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball. It's just because we expected him to be the guy that could take over any game and win it. And I don't think that that's him at this point.
0: ESPN's Jason Fitz with us here on the sports bash. All right. There's so much to get into here. Uh, Big Ten's going to start September 3rd. The Big Ten players, the Pac-12, they got a unity group going. Uh, You know, a lot of them have talked about not wanting to play. UConn dropped out uh, of playing football this year. The ACC took on Notre Dame because essentially they couldn't find a schedule. Uh, Do you still have faith that there will be a college football season?
2: Yeah, will and should are two very different words. Do I think there should be? No. But, no, I think there will be. Yeah, and it's all because of money. And, you know, the funny thing is I was joking with the guys today when we were getting ready to do the show this morning. If the Greg Sankey's of the world, the commissioners of conferences of the world, came out and said, hey, guys, we know we shouldn't play college football, but, man, do we need the cash, so we're going to do it anyway. I think the world would relax a little bit. We'd be like, oh, okay, I understand that. Like, I I see where you're coming from. It's these guys that they're doing it under some – you know, altruistic principle that has everybody a little worn out. There's too much money at stake. I mean, UConn does not make the kind of money as a football program that, you know, Ohio State makes. So it's a much easier decision for them. We've already seen Harvard turn around and say, okay, when there's no money involved in this, we know what the easy decision is. And I don't think UConn's in any different principle for this. But, you know, there's also reports at this point that the Pac-12 are looking at different ways to take out loans and offer loans to the schools to cover the losses of not having a football season. And those loans, according to some reports, could be upwards of $85 million per school. So you, you're, we're talking about a lot of money. And at some point, you got to remember that your favorite college football team, like it or not, isn't that much different than your favorite restaurant. If they can't put anybody in the seats, they are eventually going to close no matter what. So You know, that's why I I believe money is still such a driving force around the major college football programs that the big ones are going to get out there and risk it just so that they can get some cash.
0: Uh, Here locally, Doug Peterson, uh, coronavirus, asymptomatic, he's doing okay, but he kind of downplayed it. You know, hey, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep working. (laughs) What happens if this happens in season? I mean, is that an eye-opening enough thing that a team would lose its head coach? I mean... Or is I I fig, I feel like the Doug Peterson get coronavirus in the middle of tra- or the beginning of training it didn't really move the needle that much. Oh, it did for us. and, okay. and I'm I,
2: I do agree with you. I mean, I, I think this is
0: catastrophic
2: for every single football fan. You gotta look at it and say, Okay, because if they really do contact tracing, who's your coach usually gonna be around? Your your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, your passing game uh coordinator in the case of the Eagles, and likely once we get into the season, your quarterback. I mean what are we going to do? And, and, and this is an answer – I haven't gotten an answer to this question from anybody that, that is actual. What are we going to do if there's a test the night before the Super Bowl? Are we just going to take Peterson out? I mean, is Carson Wentz going to miss the Super Bowl? And then what happens if it's a Matt Stafford sort of experience that's a false positive? I mean, we've seen a coach test positive for coronavirus, and we've seen a quarterback have a false positive test all in the first week of training camp. I think these are things that football fans – should be scared to death of because if it means your quarterback misses four or five games or suddenly your coach misses a game, I mean, I don't understand how they're going to just make it through this. And it's the biggest concern every team should have. The team that wins the Super Bowl this year is going to be the team that learns how to live the most compliantly to stop the spread of COVID-19, not the best team. Uh,
0: We'll leave you with this because we opened with uh, hockey, basketball, baseball training camps all underway we got a major this weekend does that rank at all
2: uh you know i think it will uh we'll get some heat on it over the course of the weekend but not as much as i think everybody expected that's part of why it was so important for golf to really maximize momentum during the break right like that's what we're seeing right now is is you know can you can you maximize the momentum you already brought up because to me for for me personally it's it's a distant last place in that you know and and that's no disrespect to the sport. It's just that we do have this marathon or this sprint, I should say baseball season that makes every game so much more important that it's very compelling. You've got these shortened NHL series in the first round, these best of fives that I think are just electric. I mean, when you start talking about best of five, it matters. So it's somebody that's covered the Preds for so long, they dropped game one of a best of five, the entire city of Nashville puckered up, right? So, you know, I think there's just so much on the line with some of these different uh, atmospheres that, it's hard for golf to cut through. And that's just, that's always going to be the beast for the majors.
0: Jason Fitz, 7 to 9. Spain and Fitz is back starting August 17th, right here on 97.3 ESPN. And of course, uh, every Wednesday, right here on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. All right, man, take care. I appreciate
2: you guys. Hey, let me give you one. I know you got to go, but I'm going to give you one quick nugget. Smartest thing that anybody said to me in a long time to look for in the NFL season. Tim Hasselbeck said it with us yesterday on, on the morning show, and this is the smartest thing you'll hear. No, no fans in the stands means that the defense and the offense can hear each other communicating at the line of scrimmage. Hasselbeck's point was the smartest linebackers are going to win games because they can hear the call Ooh. so clearly. They'll know exactly what's coming, and they'll know exactly what the shift is at the line of scrimmage. The smartest so
0: linebackers, he back. said. And G- the Eagles might have the worst yep. linebacking core in T.J. the league. TJ Edwards. Oh, my Nate Lord. Gary. Yeah. Great nugget, it, man. It gives you something to look for. So there's your nugget of the week. Y'all have a great week. All right, man. And it's not football at four today. It's football at 14. He gave you that nugget at three fourteen. Oh, I like what you did there. I like it. You can see Nate Gary maybe calling out He's on the play. He's a smart guy, though, that guy. He is.
1: He is a smart guy. That's what keeps him involved, the IQ, because it's definitely not the uh, physical attribute. it's a great little will. heater he
0: threw late there. I know. why do he wait so when long? you think about that, though, when everybody's shouting stuff out, there's nobody in the crowd. You're calling plays in the huddle. Well, the difference I is right. going to be they're going to they're going to find a way to hide yeah. it, you know. Well, it's a lot more prep, no doubt. All right, coming up, Keith Smith in about fifteen minutes from now. The Sports Bass Live on 97.3 ESPN. Call Jenkins for heating and air conditioning installation. You could use that right here, right about now. Service and maintenance plumbing or drain cleaning service 609 or Jenkins Plumbing and Heating dot com. Yeah, this is day two, 95. What's that say now? Ninety-five point seven. It was ninety-five point. It was ninety-three when I got here today. Whew. So it's ticking upwards, not He's down. Do you see the sweat dripping through my forehead? I got the old like between the elbow. Oh yeah, right in that inside the in the inner elbow. Well, that's why I went flip flop today, so my feet could breathe. Hmm. Bad move by me. That's okay. Okay. Talk radio show on 97.3 ESPN FM. Panthers beat the Islanders. What that-, that do for you? Exciting. That moves you. Yeah, why not? I mean, that is one of the most boring
1: uh matchups we have, but yes, yeah, uh, I'm in on all these. We like got the old uh Yoke unis back. I love them. They look good. They look good. You know what else is good? Golf. Golf's first major of this of the year is this weekend, and there is no better way to join the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Every day of the tournament, DraftKings is boosting your profits. By 30%, all you have to do is opt in and place a bet. They also rolled out a season-long football pick pool with $2 million in prizes up for grabs. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering special odds and promotions all week and long. All new users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Use code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: Got a quick headline to start things off just to uh, inform the people out there. You know, it's not uberly local, but the Philadelphia Catholic League has announced its decision to push back the start of football and other fall sports. I'm imagining we have a bunch of them today. Maryland did it. You're starting to see a lot of states now make the decision on what their fall sports. I think it's only a matter of time before you see fall sports not happening. Yeah, it seems kind of inevitable at this point, no? Doesn't it? I mean... Yeah,
1: it does. It does. Sadly, it does. Now, I'm going to throw this at you. I don't know how much Dodgers you've been watching, but this pitcher, all right, Dustin May, he's got the long, curly, long, long hair. I mean, it's just so obnoxious. Redhead. This kid is disgusting. He
0: pitched opening night, I
1: saw. Yeah, yup, he, he pitched for Clayton Kershaw on I mean opening I'm not night. Watching? No, I'm just. watching? No, I didn't know if you watched him last night, is oh. what I'm saying, because there was a lot of basketball on, but last night he put on a performance that was just insanity. His pitches go all over the place. I mean, it looks like it's going right down the pipe, and somehow it's six inches off the corner, and the movement is just absurd. Last night, another eight strikeouts in six innings. This is a kid to watch. Like The reason I bring this up, this kid is someone who is going to tear up this league as a as a pitcher, and it is fun to watch the kids grow. I don't know where they keep getting these
0: guys, man.
1: Why does it seem like there's always organizations? The Yankees. The Yankees have so much talent. Some of their talent that doesn't play every day would be everyday starters
0: for the Phillies. I know. That where third they- baseman the uh, Yankees had. What's his name? U- Urea? Ursella. Ursela. Ur- up- Ur- yeah, Ursella. Ur- Ur- yeah, Ur- yeah. yeah. He's a beast. Oh, yeah. child. I mean, but if you just were you know randomly like hey give me a couple guys on the. his name ain't coming up yeah no yeah JP Crawford what about him well I'm just
1: think that's the type of people I'm talking about the Phillies he's actually
0: played pretty well ah yeah but he's not these guys you know remember JP Crawford was the number one prospect in all the baseball Don Brown was the number one prospect in all the baseball and these guys smelled like a pair of athletic sweat socks they stunk
1: a lot of people want to look at that J.P. Crawford trade with Gene Segura, and I don't mind what Gene Segura brings to the table. No, like, I'm it's just okay with that disappointing that
0: you had to just give up on a guy that was touted as the number one prospect in baseball. Got two triples, leads the league. <laughs> Elite. Elite player there. 11 with runs, triples. leads the league. Now, he's been a disappointment. Um, as the number one prospect in all of baseball, he obviously didn't live up that hype. Why does that seem to keep happening here, though? It keeps happening
1: here. And it brings up an interesting question. When we look at this front office, and I know we've alluded to this before, but somebody like Matt Klintak, looking at this bullpen, he needs to address the situation. But how much of this is Matt Klintak and how much of this is John Middleton? Who do we yell at in this scenario? Whose fault is this that the bullpen is that bad? I don't know where to put the blame. It's like some days I wake up and it goes to Matt Clintack. Other days I wake up and it goes to John Middleton because there's no way John Middleton doesn't have a say in this. So who looks at this bullpen and says you can't
0: spend more money than that's on him. But I think that history has suggested that Clintack has no desire to build his bullpen through spending money. He wants to do it through the draft. The problem is they haven't been able to do that either. So what's the next move? Get a new GM. That's what I like to hear. I'm not a big Clintac guy. I've kind of lost faith in that he has the spot to be somebody great at that job. Yeah, I'm I- not saying he's brutally awful. Might be a nice young man. Just don't know if he has the spot to be that guy. Like, you know, Pat Gillick, the Hall of Fame architect of a roster. I don't see Matt Klintak as a... Like, he's a young guy, so he's going to make mistakes. He's going to... But I don't see, like... Theo Epstein was a young guy, but he he had it. He built a champion team in Boston. Then he built a championship team in uh, Chicago. The guy down in Tampa—they might not win championships, but he's essentially doing it with one hand tied behind his back. No Those doubt, guys about it. have it. Clint is just a guy. I'm with you. I'm That's not accuse Clint just a guy.
1: Just a guy. He doesn't have the it factor. But I will say, as much of just a guy that he is, and as much as I don't really like him. The later picks that he has been selecting seem to be better than what was happening earlier on, right? I mean, you do have someone like Hazley stepping in. You do have the Alspole, the Spencer Howard. Yeah, but he's been playing pretty well to this point. Like, I don't think it's time to write off Hazley
0: by any means. If anything, he's no, I'm saying like that was a good pick. Hazley was a first round pick, and it looks like he's a guy that put it this way. He a lot of times you'll take a guy in the first round and he might never get up here. Right. He's already up here. Right. So my point is if he
1: hits on, let me throw out a scenario. He hits on Hazley, He hits on boom. He hits on Howard. He hits on Stott. At what point do we say, okay, hold on a second. You know, we have something here in Klentak, or is it automatically he's just written off no matter what at this point? Well, he's been here, what, five?
0: This is his fifth?
1: It's been a while, but they pretty much said that they were tanking without actually making it very vocal like the 76ers did in the earlier part when he first got here. Mm-hmm. So they were essentially tanking those earlier years. I'm not a Klentak guy. I'm just throwing out the the opposite view. Some of his players start to hit. Now do you change your mind on him?
0: I don't know, man. Five years, they haven't done anything. The plan doesn't look like there was much of a direction, and then all of a sudden, okay, you got Bryce Harper. That's great. You made the trade for Real Muto, but if he walks, what happens there? Um, You got the trade for Segura. You signed Kingery to that deal before he got to get to to arbitration years and bought them all out. Um, What's another signature move? I mean, brought in Wheeler. Seemed to be working out after his first— (laughs)
1: <laughs> Nola was uh, here bef- before for the previous regime, I think, right? Yeah, Aaron Nola came up in what twenty? Try to remember. Who he drafted him though. Isn't it was... it crazy? He's been here for so long. Well, he was the first pitcher to do three opening days for the Phillies since Roy Holiday. Right, but was he drafted by? He was. He was first year was twenty fifteen, but it had to have been the year before the um...
0: the previous regime. Yes. Right. yes. So um, I don't know. What's another signature guy that they? I mean. It's more about the guys we're talking about now that we're intrigued by. By The Booms, the Howards. They don't get bullpen put together. They can have all these guys. Not going to be good enough. No doubt about it. That might be his downfall. He could never put a bullpen together. Disappointing. What's not
1: disappointing? The NBA. Latest COVID-19 test results came in. Shouldn't be a shocker. Zero once again.
0: Tremendous. I'll tell you. I think this is a, you know, for this whole back and forth of, this is real, this is fake, this is this, this is that. You got the NBA and the NBA and the NHL in bubble cities. They have no cases. Baseball, not in a bubble city. They're having cases. Football has cases, no bubble city. Isn't that your answer? Isn't your answer right before your very eyes on whether wearing masks, staying quarantined, staying out of, is the answer? These two leagues are in a bubble, they have no cases. The other two are free to do whatever they want, and they're having problems. Yeah. Isn't that the answer to the world right now?
1: Absolutely. The people that claim that, you know, it's all a hoax and it's all fake and all that, they should see this and realize, huh, well, maybe if we did this as a country that we'd figure this thing out.
0: Right. Like, the, the NBA has been in the bubble now for about a, three weeks. Give or take, No, yeah. No cases. The NHL is in a different country, so. It's that- pretty much on lockdown,
1: though. I saw some pictures, some videos from a couple buddies that are in there now. There's security
0: guards that you can't leave. I mean, it's, it's locked down. The bubble is legit. It's no joke out there. That's what I'm saying. So they have these teams pretty much bubbled up, locked down, quarantined. And nothing's, no cases. Those leagues are running smooth. Major League Baseball is having teams having to sit out. I mean, the Marlins played last night for the first time since two Sundays ago.
1: It's so. just a shame that it's it's being shown, right? Like, it's actually being put on display How to stop this thing from spreading yet we can't figure out how to do that as a society we could if
0: we really wanted to well the problem is people don't really want to i'm saying like if deep down everybody just said look i get it all right let's let's suck it up and do something now you got people infighting the nba is not infighting they're in a bubble do you think they want to be in a bubble no but guess what no cases and their league is going flawlessly same with hockey. Not so much for baseball. I think football, as you heard Jason fit say, eh, probably gonna have problems. See the helmets, the LSU helmets today. No, they had the uh, COVID helmet shields. Is that the new thing that they're implementing for our yeah, football Yeah, they the face shield all the way down. They said it was like having it breathing in a Ziploc bag. Wow. Well, that's a problem if they're not gonna be
1: able to actually perform like they need to. Yeah, well, then problem.
0: that's huge. I'm all right, Jason uh, Keith Smith gonna join us coming up. On the other side we'll do a little nba sports bash on 97.3 espn all right 336 mike Gill, hunter brody sixers basketball coming up in about 24 minutes from now sixers and wizards on 97.3 espn place your legal sports bets at play sugarhouse.com sign up now and they'll match your first deposit up to 250 dollars must be 21 or older to play gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Brett Brown spoke today, said he's going to trim that rotation down to nine, sounds like. Got a lot of extra wings, got to figure out what he's going to do. Hasn't been able to figure it out yet. Not yet. Keith Smith, Yahoo Sports, covers the NBA. He joins us now, go around the NBA as it's back, and it's been good so far, um, are you? What do you think of the play so far, Keith? Are you surprised at the level of play? Is it uh, been sloppy? How do you rate the play? I think it's been really good.
3: The competitiveness doesn't surprise me at all. I know some people have concerns about that, but I've seen these guys play informal pickup games and at practices enough to know they're going to get after it. As far as the you know level of play, clearly guys stayed in shape over the break, so that is up quite a bit. And then they, you know, it, it's just been pretty good. It's been solid, these games for the most part. It's been a couple blows, but they've really been competitive. Good games down to the wire. so I'm really enjoying it so far.
0: What do you think about how the teams in the seeding games, you know, not the ones going for the eight-seed spots, but, you know, some of the seeding games, Uh how are you reading them? Because, like, we're trying to get a, a read on what Philly's doing. You know, they've given up 130, 127, is it because – they're you know out of whack out of sorts they don't have the intensity because they're kind of not locked into a six seed but they don't care where they get seated how how do you read the seating games
3: uh i think it's a little different depending on the team i think so far we're seeing the defenses are definitely behind the offense um part of that is because they're calling a lot of fouls the referees are calling these games really really tight which is Similar to the very beginning of a season, it's almost like everybody's getting resettled and readjusted. Um, so hopefully that'll back down because we're seeing a ton of free throws in these games, which is pushing scores up kind of artificially. Um, but for a team like Philadelphia, I think what they're going through is they are trying to, you know, really become a brand new team. It's almost like if this was the middle 10 of October, we would be like, all right, well, you know, some growing pains as they re-slotted guys the new stuff, and guys are doing different things. You wouldn't think too much of it, but because here, it's a couple weeks out from the playoffs, it seems a little more alarming, but that's really where they're at, and I think that's caused some of their defensive breakdowns, and I think overall in the league, the defensive breakdowns are due to defense takes communication and continuity, and we just haven't had that yet.
1: I did have a bone to pick with you, but Ben Simmons is not really helping my case at the moment. I saw you on Twitter tweeting about Brandon Ingram and the way that you thought about him when the draft happened, and then Ben Simmons kind of took it away a little bit, and now Brandon Ingram might be back in play. So what are your thoughts about Brandon Ingram's game at this point, and how do you do you relate it to how you feel about Ben Simmons?
3: Yeah, Ingram has really come on in the last two seasons. He He was, you know, getting better last year. This year, he took a huge leap with New Orleans uh, right there in the mix for the All-Star game. And, and he just is really – he's a three-level scorer now. He can do things off the dribble that he couldn't do before. He's a better passer than people think. Now, a lot of that came because the Lakers gave him the ball a lot early on in his career and kind of let him run point guard when they were really terrible and knew, you know, hey, this will pay off in the long run, and now it's paying off for New Orleans. So I'm a big fan of Ingram. I was a big fan of him. Coming in the reason why I had him ahead of Simmons is I don't like players who can't shoot <laughs> that's always been been a thing for me unless you're going to be you know a truly dominant big man, I'm just not big on players who can't shoot and that's been you know my worry with Simmons now over their first three years, Simmons was so good. Compared to where Ingram was, and Ingram was on bad teams, that I kind of went over to the Simmons side. I'm still, you know, a little more on the Simmons side than the Ingram side, just because he's been that good defensively and as a playmaker. But if he doesn't start looking to score the ball a little bit more often, I, I don't know that he's ever going to get quite to where we'd like him to be. All
0: right, Keith, were you Charlie Brown at all by Simmons hitting a couple, uh, hitting the three, and then taking one? Did you think that the light finally went on for him?
3: Yeah, a little bit. Um, You know, none of the practice stuff, you know, got me because, I mean, when we go to these games, you see, you know, the backup seven-footer who never plays is out there knocking down three-pointers at practice and in warm-ups. Uh, but when he took a couple in these scrimmage games and those kind of things, I said, all right, maybe he's going to do this. But as the games have gotten you know, more important in these seating games, there's now a lot of plays where he's just kind of hanging out in the corner, he's not even in a position to affect things as a cutter. Uh, that's what I would like to see him do more of. If he's not going to shoot from the outside, which it seems clear he's not going to, I'd like him to do more as a cutter. We saw Joel Embiid find Tobias Harris some, a couple times on some nice cuts. Harris has a good sense of where where and when to go when he's off the ball. I'd like to see Simmons do more of that. And at least that makes him somebody you have to pay attention to and guard. Whereas otherwise he stands out at the arc now. Teams just don't care.
1: You mentioned how this team is pretty much trying to change everything when it comes to what they're doing. Do you think that if it gets so ugly and so bad throughout these six games, or maybe even when the playoffs happen, that they should think about Ben Simmons going back to the one, if you will, and maybe inserting someone at the three and moving Tobias to the four or I don't know. Maybe you get so desperate, you actually try Al Horford back at the four again. Essentially, what I'm getting at is, if it if it gets so ugly, should they put Ben Simmons back at the one and try and find somebody else in that rotation?
3: Yeah, I think that's something they'll go to because at least they know they have something there with him. Uh, at least you you know you can make something happen with Ben Simmons at the um at the one. I I don't know that you'd go back to Horford. Um, as really the the four. I think we have enough evidence now that him and Embiid together just don't work. Uh, So I think even if you put Simmons there, maybe you keep the lineup the same. You just kind of bump everybody um, up a position and leave Milton out there with those guys. Maybe you could go to Alex Burks. Uh, If you wanted to do a little, to go to, go to Glenn Robinson III, if and when he's healthy. Uh, you got some options, but that would surprise me because what we see is coaches tend to go with what they're comfortable with. So it wouldn't shock me at all if Brett Brown said, all right, this hasn't worked, we gave it a good try, now we're going back to what we know at least works to some extent.
0: Right now, Keith Smith with us, Yahoo Sports NBA, uh, Sixers, Wizards coming up uh, at 4 o'clock here Right now it's 6-3 Philly, Boston. The big question has been, can Boston defend the bigs? Now that you've watched them, uh, do they look any more capable to do that in a first-round playoff matchup with Joel Embiid? Because Embiid, he has been one guy who seemingly uh, brought his game to Orlando. Yeah, no, uh, the answer is no, Boston can't. But
3: I think on the same line of thinking, I don't know that they really care. Uh, I think they would be content to let him be, get 40 or 50 points. One of the things unfortunate with Joel Embiid, and I don't know when or if this is ever going to change, he is one of those games where he's in the mid 30s in points midway through the third quarter or by the end of the third quarter, he doesn't look as good. He looks to be you know worn down. He, he has to work hard to get there. So that's one of the things I don't know that uh, that the um, Celtics would worry about it too much. It would be more a case of hey, let him get his focus on stopping everybody else, lock in there, and they feel pretty good about what they can do.
1: What are your thoughts about the fight between Joel Embiid and Shake Milton on the bench? I know some people look at that as, hey, look, they care. You know, they're into it. That shows, even though it's frustration, it shows that they clearly do have the right mindset in terms of, you know, being in the right competitive mind. But I don't know if Joel Embiid should be saying certain things to Shake Milton, who obviously struggled in that first game against Indiana, and he probably needs a little bit more... You know, instead of saying the type of stuff he was saying when you read his lips, maybe a little bit more encouragement.
3: Yeah, there's something to that. I I, mean, generally, I kind of think that happens. Every team has that every year. uh, Guys, you know, will snip at each other. And and more often than not, you take it as, hey, they care. It's better than the guys walking off and just kind of shaking their head and muttering to themselves. So at least they care enough to go at each other a little bit. Now, what you do worry about there is, yeah there comes a time when you know shake milton's a young guy and, and it'd be nice to you know his his uh you know veteran superstar on the team help pick him up and lift him a little more versus uh just kind of you know breaking him down but you know overall those things are going to happen i wouldn't worry too much about it if it happens again or becomes a regular thing then it's clearly a problem that needs to be dealt with uh
0: are you putting stock into indiana so far in this i mean tj warren has been unstoppable almost i mean we always seem they've been in it the last two years and we're like ah, they'll fade they didn't fade but they got bounced in round one last year um not even not even fighting too much but this time around does it feel a little different yeah a little bit
3: um Warren doing what he's done against a couple of good defensive teams in Philadelphia and Orlando or supposed to be good defensive teams. Um, that was pretty eye-raising. He, he was really good again yesterday against the Magic. So that that's big for them because they need that. But I worry without Demonis to bonus and, I, and it's starting to sound like he may not be able to go at any point in this restart. They're really trying to see what they can do to get him back. But that's, they just signed him to a long-term extension, so they're not going to push things any harder than they really have to. And if they can't get him back, they're, they're, they're a big short. They're a couple other guys short in the rotation Brogdon and Oladipo continue to have things going on with them so I worry a little bit from that standpoint I think you can game plan them and match up with them fairly well but if they had everybody healthy they'd be definitely a lot more uh interesting but I just feel like they're going to be one of those teams that's that's they're just a guy or two short
0: yeah and then Miami you know last night they uh go toe-to-toe with uh, uh with Boston and no Jimmy Butler in that game what are we learning about Miami? Because it seems still like Boston, Philly, Indiana, uh, they're all still right in that mix there. It looks like Boston's going to win that three, but you still got four, five, and six up for grabs. Not that it really matters.
3: Yeah, I mean, it matters from the sense of you you don't want to play Milwaukee until you have to. There was, a, there was a little bit of an idea of, well, maybe if you can't catch the Bucks early they might not be ready to go well the the bucks have you know completely put that you know at the window i know they lost to the nets but that wasn't really the box playing their main guys that was backups on backups and then they lost that game to the rockets but that's a more of a stylistic type thing so so i think you know you want to avoid them but for the heat they're really tough they they know who they are they run really good stuff uh they missed jimmy butler late in that game they had to use goran dragic a lot to create things when sets broke down, so that's a little bit tough for them to work around. But but when they have all their guys, that they're going to be a tough out, and they don't fear the Bucks at all because Bam Adebayo may be the guy who is best positioned to defend Giannis Antetokounmpo of anybody in the league because he's similarly sized, has similar skill sets as far as speed and quickness and athleticism go. So I think you know they're going to give Milwaukee a tough matchup. I just hope we get to see it in the second round.
1: There was an argument that one of the reasons why the bubble was in play and why they added teams to the bubble to make a playoff run was because of Zion Williamson. Well, Do you think that the league is a little underwhelmed with how this Zion Williamson minute restriction situation played out?
3: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, clearly, yeah, they would love him to be – Playing more than than he has to this point, but nobody knew he was going to have to leave for almost two full weeks, or by the time he was done with his quarantine, be out for two weeks. So nobody knew that that was going to happen, and so yeah, they they would love to see him do a little bit more, but so far, I think the the you know the league is. Really happy with what they've gotten you know, out of these teams. I, I don't think they're going to be upset at all if Portland grabs that eight seed, or it looks like we're definitely going to get a play in in the Western Conference. I think now, because of the injury to Jaron Jackson Jr., Grizzlies are going to have a tough time. And I think the NBA wouldn't be upset if they could market a couple play in games of Damian Lillard against Zion Williamson. I think they'd be very happy with that.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it looks definitely that somebody's going to be within four games in that ninth spot, it looks like. There's a lot of teams. Just to see who that ninth team is is going to be uh, interesting. I want to go back to the East real quick, Keith. Uh, no one ever seemed to talk about Toronto. They don't have Kawhi, but are they a legit contender to come out of the East?
3: They absolutely are. They are they're, they're just good. I you know There's really no other way to put it. They, they can do a lot of different things. They can play a lot of different styles. Their bigs are good. Their wings are good. Their guards are good. They, they've got as much depth as just about anybody um, in, in this uh, restart here. So they, they can do a lot of things. And the best part for them is Nick Nurse is going to have something new every time out in their game plan. They do a lot of individual things which is not something you see teams do in the regular season even in these restarts teams are more focused on them and what they do but in the playoffs you're going to see Nick Nurse really get some things uh, set up for whoever the opponent is they're going to break out something new that you haven't seen them run it might be one game it's, it's all Kyle Lowry running pick and roll in the next game Lowry's a spot-up shooter on the wing while they run the offense through Pascal Siakam or Fred VanVleet so it's it's really good, and a big player who's emerging for them as a big-time guy is O.G. Ananobi. He's knocking down his jumper with regularity now, and he's already a really, really good defender. So they're going to be really tough no matter who they play, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they make it back to the finals. And remember,
0: he was hurt last year during that run. So uh, that's a guy that they got back that they didn't have last year. Obviously, they don't have Kawhi. Uh, when you look out west, What's the shakeup at the top? I mean, the Lakers don't seem like they're quite where they were left off. The Clippers lost to the Suns yesterday, by the way. I don't know how much stock you're putting in that, but what's your take at the top of the West? Yeah, I'm not worried about
3: anything the Clippers are doing. Right now, we got Doc Rivers is clearly still experimenting with lineups and trying to figure it out. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't had that opportunity. These, these games for him are about figuring out – rotations they're still missing Montrose Harrell who's a big part of their team they just got Lou Williams back but then Patrick Beverly got hurt again so as long as the Clippers are healthy by the time let's say the second round of the playoffs rolls around I'm not worried about them. The Lakers, I'm a little more concerned about. I think Avery Bradley not being there as big. They, they just they're missing a guard defender that can slow down opposing ball handlers, and that that's a little tricky. And then not having Rajon Rondo, as much as his play has really slipped, they're struggling with him uh, without him because it puts all of the pressure on LeBron James to do everything offensively. When he's not in the game, it's Alex Caruso. And Caruso can do some stuff, but he's not Rondo running an offense. And that's made it really tough on LeBron. He doesn't have those moments where in-game you feel really comfortable with him being able to take a little bit of a break.
0: All right, Keith Smith, we've got a lot of hoops going on. We know uh, we hate to pull you from the hoops. we got Sixers coming up in about eight minutes from now here on 97.3 ESPN. He's at Keith Smith NBA. Give him a follow there, Yahoo Sports NBA as well. And, of course, he, like all guys, appeared – via the boardwalk honda hotline thank you keith i appreciate it guys be safe as always uh you know he's in basketball euphoria right now there's games happening virtually all day just like the hoopsters over there you think he's going hoops or pucks oh he's
1: going hoops it's funny you brought that up i was thinking the same thing how i feel about having these games on at noon every day that's him diving into all the action
0: yeah you had a 230 tip today you see the jazz grizzly uniforms today I did not. Yeah, what are they Grizz rocking? are going. Vancouver Grizz love those unis. Yeah, they got the old school Vancouver Grizz wow. on, and the Jazz are going old school Jazzies. You Got purple. Yep. Ooh. Purple mountains. Ooh, like I see the them Carl here. alone Yep. I see both of them. Those yeah, are Keith nice. Smith had the tweet. That's oh. where I saw them. All. These are nice. The Vancouver's. Both of them. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's good sty out of them. Yeah. Right. Now I got five questions for you. Oh, we should, we want to try to do a quick, okay, we got a one-minute rapid-fire okay. version. Yeah, it's Phillies, Phillies related. How many games do they win today? Um, they get split. Okay, one win, I'll take one win. i like to see two with Wheeler and Nola on the mound. I, I like to see two. If they get two, I say, okay, now you now you got me back in. If I lose with my top two guys, I know you're playing the Yankees, but come on. I mean, you've got to cool them off. You're playing in your home ballpark. I'm with Who's you. Who's going for the Yankees today? Tanaka is in, uh, I thought it was Montgomery. I don't know why is Mon- oh, pitching tomorrow. Paxton is Sunday. He's, he's Cole. been yeah. You're not getting bad. Cole or Paxton. Paxton's been awful. Who's going today? For I think the it's games? Montgomery
1: in the, in the first game. Yeah, I don't know who's going in the second. I didn't see anything, but I'm pretty sure it was Montgomery for the for the first game. All right. Uh, second one here, Bryce Harper. It's Wheeler
0: Hap in game one. Oh, it's Hap. Yeah, in one and two, it is undecided against Nola.
1: Okay, so when I looked yesterday, it
0: was Montgomery. So maybe so they- maybe undecided. Yeah, to Montgomery. Maybe.
1: Um, does Bryce Harper hit a homer today? I uh, got lefty Hap uh, Oh it Hap's straight over the top though Yeah he gets one Okay I'd love to hear that How many walks for Reese Hoskins In, in the both two? games combined Three Three walks so huh I get that He on, gets three in his sleep Sugarhouse. in one game. Yeah maybe How many walks three I'd say he gets three in both games like
0: Six total knowing him Jeez. How many hits for Phil Goslin? He's starting game one You got Segura playing short No DD against the former team today He'll play game two Probably Uh, little three for four Woo! Are you kidding me? Well, you got a lefty going. Jay I hat. love it. I love it. Uh, does the bullpen blow at least one game today? Seven inning games. That's why I just my buddy just messaged me and he said, oh, you know, uh, you, know, you got to get tough to win, too. I said, well, the Phillies' weak spot gets neutralized a bit with these seven innings. By the way, Sixers coming up next. Do they get a win? Yes. Will they impress you? No.